All right, welcome back to another Cowboys and Coffee podcast. Uh, I'm here. We're ready for the draft. We're one week away. We're recording here Thursday night. I'm here, Paul. I'm here with my dad, D. And we have a special guest with, guest with us tonight, Connor Livesay, who is uh, one of the premier voices for not just Dallas Cowboys and the draft, but Dallas Cowboys draft. So that's why we have him on here with us tonight. Connor, thanks for being with us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, we 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 are ready for this draft i mean i i don't know about you guys but i am like i don't know that i've been as excited for a cowboys draft in a while to be 100 percent honest with you I'm, I'm ready to go you know i know this sounds silly going to this draft it feels like we won a super bowl i don't know why i drafted 26 it's like no we don't i know the left guard need type of a thing but uh it's interesting where i, I want to hear your view where we're going to go from 20 at 26 it's it's the first time in a long time they haven't really we don't really know right like it feels right. like every year it's it's you know a position or two we're really looking at but man they could they could really go so many different directions this year. Um, you mentioned left guard, you know that's one of their I think you look at it as an obvious you know hole um, right now. But even then, you know they could very well play Tyron Smith at left tackle, put Tyler Smith at left guard, and kind of fill that really quickly. Um, but, you know, tight ends, another one that I think has been talked about a lot. And I think that's the one that I kind of have highlighted right now. Um, not saying that's what I would do, but I think that's probably the position that maybe they're leaning right now with Michael Mayer, uh, Dalton Kincaid. We haven't heard them link to Darnell Washington much, but I think that that, that would be a uh, one that, that maybe is not being talked about enough, but they, they keep talking about how much they value the blocking. And he's a dude that's just, he's going to, He's NFL ready as a blocker, and he's got the traits to be an NFL ready receiver, but he just didn't really get to show that at Georgia because of Brock Bowers and the way they kind of ran their offense at Georgia. So um, I think left guard and tight ends probably the, the two spots that you, you want to highlight and go into, but it wouldn't shock me either if they, you know, maybe go with a different direction with the defensive tackle or a linebacker. If one of these wide receiver falls to him uh, 26, they go that route either. So they could, they, they've done a really good job this offseason of setting themselves up where they can pretty much go any direction they want. And and I don't think fans are going to throw a fit. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are, are best in the draft when they are draft scavengers or draft vultures, I guess, whenever they pick, whatever comes to them, when you have a CD lamb and, you know, a couple of years ago, we were upset, you know, they didn't get one of the top cornerbacks. I'll end up with Micah Parsons. Now, granted, everyone viewed him more as a linebacker, but you wrote in your, in your, uh, your draft guy that he had pass rush capabilities. And we've seen what that's been over the last two years. You know, the Cowboys going to this draft, I think they did such a good job in free agency with trades and, and signings that they can just sit back at 26 and say, best player available falls to us. You know, regardless, uh, I'm not drafting a, a quarterback who drops, but you know, within reason, you can sit back and fingers crossed for a Bijan Robinson. You can hope for uh, one of these you know, cornerbacks, like maybe a, a Joey Porter Jr. to fall to you. I think they're they're in that position to say, okay, someone could fall here, some good football player, and put them on the roster and figure out the rest as we go. Well, Connor, I'm going to make a guarantee right now, you and my son. I like it. I guarantee whatever player is picked – the media is going to frown on the Cowboys. <laughs> That's guaranteed. Whoever hey, they picked, the line, they didn't pass on. They passed on the running back, the Texas guy. They they didn't do that. Guarantee you, whoever they pick, they're going to frown on the pick. There's a history to it. You know how when it comes to the draft, the history to it. Well, that's a guaranteed 
part of the program of being a Dallas Cowboy fan and following the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know, there's definitely, you know, if they go running back, I feel like that could be, you know, hey, you just went through this with Zeke. Why are you doing that again? You know, if they go they go tight end, you, you know, it's going to be, hey, you know, this tight end class is deep. Why would you have to go that way? Um, you know, there's not really a left – you know, I, I, I like Steve Avila. I like Osiris Torrance quite a bit. But even then, I think that that's quite rich there. So some of the positions we kind of see them targeting, you know, you could you could make the case that it doesn't it could see it could it could you know receive some backlash from the, the media and fans. And unfortunately, like you said, it kind of fits just with the team's, uh, you know, ideology is that, 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 that there's always going to be something there that you can pick and, and kind of pry at. Yeah, you know, let's 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 look at some of the prospects. We've, we've talked to you about a, a couple of guys who are, you know, first round, borderline first round. I, I want to talk about them as fits, maybe on the Cowboys or how you see them as prospects. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. I actually think this will be an offensive draft for the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy really starting to put his imprint on that. I think they've addressed the defense obviously the last couple of years, but I, I still want to talk about the defense. We look first at, at linebacker Trenton Simpson, who's an off the ball linebacker. Right, you got Van Der Esch back in a two-year deal. You have uh, uh, some other players there, Damone Clark. What does Trent Simpson bring as a prospect, and how would he fit in Dallas? Um, he's an exceptional athlete. I think that's the first thing you see when you, you turn on his tape. And you know, like I, in my in my guide, um, I, I kind of label it out right now as like he's probably a better athlete than he is a football player. Like from an instinctive perspective from a anticipation perspective, from a technique perspective with taking on blocks and getting off blocks um, that that's not all there for him right now, but you, you got a guy who's just a great athlete. He's got good size. He's got good length. Um, he's obviously a very good, you know, quick twitch, fast uh, speed athlete. So that's, that's obviously something you, uh, you see in his game. He ran a four, four, three, the, the, the combine and a one, five, five um, 10 yard split. So he shows the explosiveness um, he's got just under 33-inch arms, so I think that that's something that uh, you see on tape as well with his tackle radius and his ability to bring guys down. Um, I, I compared him. I actually included some some you know comparisons in my draft guide this year for the first time. I don't love comparing college players and NFL players because it's, it's just so much can change. Um, but I think he has some of that Isaiah Simmons to him. Um, who came out of Clemson a few years ago, and and Isaiah Simmons hasn't had the NFL career that a lot of people had, and I think that's a lot of because of the reasons I just described, he's probably a better athlete than he is football player. Um, but, you know, they, they're very similar. Isaiah Simmons was a guy who played some of that overhang defender safety early in his career. And Trenton Simpson did the same thing that that first year at Clemson. He was a guy who was playing from depth as, depth as a safety and would line up as that overhang defender uh, kind of off the edge and in that slot role. Um, so Simpson's done that. Isaiah Simmons did that. They're both exceptional athletes, but just still trying to figure out things technic, uh, technique-wise in order to, to be better players versus the run. But I think with Simpson, you get a guy who's got that athletic profile. He can play sideline to sideline. I think the closer he gets to the line of scrimmage in the football, the worse he gets because his 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 you know from when he's playing from depth, he's able to see things and react to it. Where the closer he is to the football he has to play with that instinct um in the back of his mind and, and see things happen quicker where if he's playing from depth he's playing from that deeper safety role he has a little bit more time to read and react where the closer you get to the ball the slower that processing is and the slower that instincts and anticipation is the little bit further behind you are so he plays catch up a little bit but um 
I think that, you know, that's a guy that at 26, you know, that's rich for me, but, you know, I know he's gotten mocked with them a couple times there at 58. If you could get him at 58, I think you got, you got to steal there or the guy that, you know, might be a year away from really being an impact player for you, but he can do some things as a premier athlete in year one that'll get him on the field and and play a bigger role for you. See, where are you at? So let, me, uh, yeah. let, me, let me touch on about the athletic point of view on football players. There's a gentleman named Gil Brandt did this in the 60s with a gentleman called Cornell Green who played basketball at Utah, never played a lick of down of college football, and he was a four-time All-Pro. And I think they're going to go back to those trends of getting athletes on the field that are taking their ability and coaching in that they can have that ability to be a productive Pro Bowl player. Now, Cornell Green, six foot three, two hundred five, back in that day, was big. It's big now, and I have I have the faith that our defensive coordinator loves these guys because you take Seattle's team, that defense he ran, um, he had big safeties. Now they're not going to put him at a safety spot, but it's intriguing how the athletic ability can be producing football plays, and that's what you want. I love them. Yeah, I know twenty six is a reach. I would I would jump up and down in the second round. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. I think for me, that's a guy who, if I see, I don't know if I see Dallas trading up, but I see, I could see them trade back. And we say, okay, you trade back into either the early part of the second round. Someone wants to come up for a quarterback, or or even if the Chiefs at thirty one say, you know what, Zay Flowers is still on the board. Maybe they make a move up for a receiver weapon. Um, I could see them taking him early in the second if they're trading back. I don't know that he's a first-round talent. I think he's only 6'2", 235, so he's not that in-the-box traditional linebacker. If there's anyone who can really put him in a position to succeed, we've seen it's Dan Quinn. Now, he's not the D-line outside linebacker type hybrid. He's more that safety linebacker. Um, My worry is he gets lost too much without big tackles up front, which Dallas – doesn't have bad defensive tackles anymore, right? We're done with that phase. But I don't know that they still have that space either. Quentin Bohannon, but I think they still need another guy up front to kind of clear the zone out for someone like Trent Simpson to really be successful uh, on this. Uh, not successful, I guess, truly successful or or, or get to the to maximize his talent, I guess I would say. So Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, his, his – his biggest issues right now is he gets kind of stuck on blocks. He does get blocked quite a bit. Um, that's why you kind of see him being more of a side-to-side player than a, a downhill player because he's able to kind of work. That more space he has to work with, the better he is because he can maneuver around blocks. He can, you know, knife through blocks. He can get around blocks. But if you're, you know, head on to a, a guard or a tackle who's coming into the second level, it's just something he's going to struggle with because he's not that big physical, you know, Mike linebacker that we're kind of used to seeing. And, you know, I think a lot of this draft has guys that seem a little bit undersized. I mean, whether that's cornerback, big time, uh, linebacker, and I think this is a good transition to our wide receiver that we're going to look at next is Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver from Tennessee. He's only six foot, 176, but that's almost like part of the course for a lot of receivers in this draft outside of like Quentin Johnson. So uh, kind of tell me where we're at with him as far as uh, you, how you're breaking him down as a receiver. I mean, obviously, when you, you look at the tape of him, he's just a, a guy who makes explosive plays after explosive plays. And, and that's really 
I guess one of my biggest concerns is I think he's very raw and underdeveloped in the short to intermediate areas, which, I mean, I compared him to Will Fuller. I think that's, you know, Will Fuller's a little bit bigger coming out. He kind of was a more developed route runner coming out. But I think that that's kind of the vision with, with Jalen Hyatt is that he's going to be a guy who, you know, you'll throw him the football five to six times a game and you're hoping he ends up with three catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's, I think that's what your vision is with him. Um, but he's 175 pounds and, and that's something that I think he showed issues with some physicality on tape. He was able to get knocked off of his, his route stems quite often. Um, he didn't face much, if at all, any press coverage at Tennessee. The way that offense is built is they just don't see a lot of press coverage. Um, and obviously when you, you got a guy like Jalen Hyde that's able to run by you, you're, you're going to play that a little bit con more conservative and have guys playing in that off zone um, or off man coverage and, and allow them to have some time to gather themselves before they get hit with that, that speed. Um, but Hyatt's, a, Hyatt's another guy like, you know, I know that he was mocked Dallas at 26. He was a first round guy for, for a little bit um, in this process. I think he's kind of, settled back down to where he needs to be. And that's, you know, in that early second, mid second round range um, in a class that has so many of these small guys that, that just, you, you know, the, the frame's small, the height's not there, the length isn't there. I think Hyatt fits right in, you know, in most classes, I think he'd probably get dinged more than he is this year because of that size, but there's just so many guys that are that same size that you kind of got to lump them all in together almost. Um, but I like Hyatt, like I said, I, I actually like, Cedric Tillman a little bit more because of the, the size speed that he plays with. But um, I think Hyatt has a, you know, unique and obvious role um, coming out of college and in the NFL. And I think he can be good in that role. It's just going to take the right offense, the right offensive coordinator and the right system to kind of get the most out of him. Kind of similar to what we said with Trenton Simpson. It's going to take some, some unique, you know, Hey, we're not going to have this guy running, you know, slants and posts and comebacks, you know, we're going to send him, vertically down the field, you know, six, seven, eight times a game, we're going to kind of, you know, make sure we, uh, you know, hone in our targets to him to, to fit his tool, uh, tool belt and his skill set. And, and that might not be your traditional receiver route tree. It's going to be one or two routes and he can be really good at those, but he's just not going to be a guy who's going to be a 10, 12 catch guy a game um, more so uh, less targeted, but hopefully those targets turn into big plays and explosive plays for you. See where you are. I compare him to Deshaun Jackson, Jackson's uh, yards per catch. That's what you're looking at there. Uh, you put his speed on the field there. It opens everything else up. Um, in Tennessee, he just ran by everybody. He was yeah. just always open. I saw him catch a couple of slants. Now, I don't think he's going to go a crossing pattern with those linebackers. I don't think you'll send him over there. But I think you'll, you'll use him on that field when there's four wides. Somebody's going to get open because his speed's going to bring some double coverage. Because after the first time going by somebody, because you miss him, he's got good hands, though. I tell, I didn't see any drops at the games I've seen him play. Well, I think I, – I, here's why I think he's a good fit for the Cowboys. They seem to be moving away from the idea that you need to have just big receivers, right? Even the acquisition of Brandon Cooks – is a totally different mindset than what we've seen in the past. They're looking where they were just looking for, uh, you know, a great relative athlete score RAS that is a big physical guy can go up and get the ball. They're moving more towards the West Coast, especially with Brian Schottenheimer coming in and coordinating the offense, even if McCarthy will be calling the plays. Well, I think this is a guy who fits in that West Coast offense where you have vertical passing 
And, you know, McCarthy says, okay, I want to run the ball more. Well, that'll set up the vertical passing lanes, especially if you have guys like CD who can go over the middle of the field. And I think that's even a better fit for Gallup who can, who fits better in a West coast system. Jalen Hyatt, my big issue with him is he's not physical at the point of attack as far as going up and getting the football. You know, he's not, um, Des Bryant was was the best, right, at, at, pin, at high pointing a ball and getting it. That's obviously not him at six foot 175. But he does have that speed that can take the top off in a West Coast-style offense. My big question with a lot of the people we're talking about, Cowboys drafting either Zay Flowers or anyone who – Quentin Johnson drops it. I've seen that. Where are they – where are their snaps? You know, are they – with two tight ends, probably a third – you know, Pollard and probably going to add a, another running back. You already have CD. You have Cooks. You have Gallup. Okay, well, we're, the fourth receiver snaps. How many snaps are you getting a game? And that's that's my big thing with drafting a, a wide receiver. Unless one of the – unless, like, the guy from Ohio State falls to you, is there true value in a receiver in round one or even in round two? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's all about the position. Is is Jalen Hyatt's not going to be able to, you know, Michael Gallup's your X receiver. CD's been playing your slot, but he also plays some of that Z, but that's also where Brandon Cooks is. And I think if you had a guy like Jalen Hyatt, you got three dudes who play the same position and aren't X receivers. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's one thing that they're – I think when they draft a guy, that's that's what makes it tough because cause I like Zay Flowers. I, I like Jackson Smith, the Jigbo, but they're just not – X style guys and neither is CD and neither is Brandon cooks. So it's kind of like how many of these slot Z guys are you going to put on the, the roster and not really be able to feel comfortable with them? Cause that's the thing is if, if you, I'm not as high on Quentin Johnson as a lot of people, but like if you had a Quentin Johnson fall to you and it's like, okay, you know, he's an X receiver. Like he could push Michael Gallup snaps to the side, which, you know, we saw last year after the injury, he wasn't himself not saying we're looking to replace Michael Gallup, but if you could have a value like that, that you go, okay, if we got to push one guy to the side, it would probably be Gallup at this point. But with a Jalen Hyatt or a Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers, it's just tough to do that because Gallup's your only true X style guy that you got on your roster right now. Well, let me use a terminology. I, I, I probably inappropriate in some ways. The more bullets you have in your gun, the more you can fire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's speed, and I know speed is overrated. You know, you got the, you know, Steve Largent, his time, a sundial to time his 40, you know. But that those legs, he moves with so long strides, and he, he's gone. I would I want him being Giant Stadium on that Monday night football and just take it to the house the first quarter to end the, the fourth quarter to end the game. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, no, absolutely. Don't twist my arm if that happens. You know, listen, uh, I understand we all want the Cowboys to have this a 40-burger offense, um, but I think it's worth noting Mike McCarthy talking about running the football or establishing the run more. And I know a lot of people are looking for, you know, that Steve Avila, Osiris Torrance, you know, first round, second round pick. I think it's wishful thinking that Steve Avila will be there second round just because I think someone will snag him in that middle part of the second round. I don't think he's really worth that first round pick. Another guy I would trade back for, but someone, someone who I've seen perhaps uh, in more of a middle round, either day two, uh, a draft pick is Chandler Zavala guard from NC state, six, three, uh, three 22. 
And I, I think he has some potential going down the road. Yeah, it was kind of surprising not to see him get a uh, combine invite. You know, I think he's probably the biggest combine snub out of, of anybody in this class looking at it. But, yeah, no, I, I like Zavala quite a bit. I mean, I think he fits in, um, like you said, and probably, again, we keep talking about these kind of guys that are fitting in the middle. Like, he you know, probably isn't a second-round pick, but, you know, if he could fall to you there at 90 in the third round or be a trade-back or trade-up option for you, um, you know, that'd be nice. I actually compared him to Ron Leary, uh, the former Cowboys guard, you know, in the guide and, you know, he, he, very similar style of player, you know, kind of a wide framed, um, doesn't possess the athleticism you'd probably love to see, but wide frame guy that kind of fires off the ball with some violence, um, has some heavy hands, has, you know, what we call above average arm length. Um, in my opinion, a better much better run blocker right now than he is a pass protector, but I think he's got room to kind of grow in his pass protection. Um, so he should, you know, develop there. And like you said, I think he, in year one, he might not be a dominant starter. He's probably a below average starter in year one, but I think that, you know, an average to below average starter in year one, but I think that he's got the tool set and the tool belt to um, eventually uh, develop into a quality starter for you. So that's kind of, like I said, Ron Leary made a lot of sense because early in his career, he wasn't, you know, a great player, but just the older he got, the more he developed, he turned into a quality player. So that's kind of what I see with him. Um, and I think that, you know, if you, if you don't get a guard in rounds one or two, if he could be there for you at 90 or 90th overall. And, and I think he's a guy who could come in and compete with Chuma Doga or whoever that guard is that they're going to bring in. He could compete with them. Um, and then year two, year three, develop into a, a quality player for you. And I believe Ron was a free agent pickup they on that Monday. Because uh, of a, yeah, was, a knee injury uh, they, that kind of put him off, which kind of ended his career yeah. a little shorter than it could have. So he wasn't signed due to some, some injury concerns or was drafted due to injury concerns. The Cowboys gave him a big signing bonus. to. Oh, sign I remember him. that. Yeah. Well, I, I like him a lot because you can't teach – how to, how to parse out. If they don't bite when they're puppies, they're not going to bite when they're full of grown dogs. Uh, I think this is a guy who likes to get in and, and have a little toughness to him. You know, he's, he's worked his way up. At first he signed was a D2 like Fairmont state and worked his way up and played hard and got to NC state and, and played well. And this is a guy who's, you know, continually going after it. And I can teach, I can teach, you can teach, uh, Lyman how to pass block easier than you can teach Lyman how to run block. Like if they're not, if they're not tough run blockers, they're just never going to be tough run blockers. You have it or you don't. You know, the pass blocking I can work with. If you take him in round three, ideally he's not playing the first year. I think of someone like Connor McGovern just worked his way out of Dallas to a big contract. You know, his first year, that wasn't a guy where you're like, man, this guy, we're going to, we're going to start him a left guard. We're going to miss him when he's gone. no, but he improved to the point where, like, he was a quality starting guard in the NFL last year. And he, and he got better each game. Got better each game, better each year. So uh, this is one of those guys from, like, okay, this is what I think – this is how, to me, you replace Tyron Smith. Not drafting another tackle because I think Tyler obviously has shown he's the left tackle of the future. And, you know, I think they'll work with Terrence Steele at right tackle, another guy who's improved – year. I mean, his first year is dreadful. But they're going to improve – they've improved year after year – put him at left guard, not today, not tomorrow, but next year, the year after he comes in and say, okay, this is a guy who can hold this position for five, six years and, and stay there for the Cowboys. 
Connor, I have a question. Is yes, there sir. anybody anybody you think worth moving up from 26 and moving up? So trading up in the first round? Yeah. I, I don't, truly. Um, That's I mean, the right only, answer. Only, That's the only right player answer. I'd consider it for is Peter Skronsky, the Northwestern tackle. Um, just because he fit, you know, he projects kind of – I still grade him out as a tackle because I think he's a quality tackle. Um, and I think the tackle position is way more valuable than the guard position. Um, but I think that, you know, you move him inside and you're kind of looking on that Zach Martin trajectory where, you know, college tackle lacks the arm length, probably move him inside to guard, and he's a dominant, dominant guard. So that that that's a good one. Um, I love Broderick Jones out of Georgia. I think he, he's my top. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, he, what I tell you? He's my top ranked tackle um, this year. I don't know, you know, if he's he's never really played guard, and I don't know if he's a guy who's gonna, you know, come in and be able to play guard. You know, normally that's a smooth transition for guys, but mm. it's just tough to take a guy, you know, trade up for a guy that's a left tackle. You know, when you just yeah, drafted a left tackle side. last yeah. year and you got Tyron Smith, who's pretty much probably mm -hmm. a tackle only guy. So I don't know that trade up for Broderick Jones, but if he's a guy who somehow therefore get 26, by mm -hmm. all means, I mean, he's a, for me, he is my, uh, let's see where I finished with him as his final grade for me. He is my ninth overall player in this class and my top ranked tackle. So Broderick Jones or Peter Skaronsky is probably the, the top two names. It makes sense there. And like I said, like Jackson Smith and Jigba have a high grade on, but I just yes. I don't think he really – I mean, again, he's a great player, and he fits – I don't want to say he doesn't fit in this offense, but where he's going to line up is where you kind of got CD at, and his other position would be where Brandon Cooks is. So it's kind of like he fits, but he doesn't fit, if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Listen, if somehow Jalen Carter fell to 15, I'd be like, Trade up and get him. I don't care the red flags. Get him. Yeah. I mean, All right, I, Connor. I got a, I got a prediction for you. <laughs> Prescott right. throws five touchdown passes over fifty yards this year. Would you be happy with that? Sure. I mean, yeah, and I think that's a big difference we're going to see with Kellen Moore being gone. He took, he kind of mashed together this this Norv Turner style offense with the Boise State offense, and they're like, well, what offense is it? Well, it's his own. He's He created this own uh, uh, system, so to speak, or, or kind of cannibalized other systems um, to make it work. But there was no vertical passing threat last well, year. Well, he, here's what I said to you, Paul. You have to set up pass to set up the run or set, set the run up to set up the pass. They're going to make those safeties come up against the run, and they're going to go over the top. And that's what Mr. Cooks is there for and others. Tennessee young fella. They're going to make these guys come up and stop the run, and they're going over the top. I'm, I'm going to say seven touchdowns over 50 yards. Remember today. Remember today. From your lips to God's ears, I'll tell yeah. you. That. And which which kind of brings us to, uh, again, I think it's an offensive draft the first couple rounds. And as far as the Cowboys trading up, there's only one in recent memory. Like the last 10 drafts, the only time they've traded a premium pick with the first three rounds was to get back up to get Demarcus Lawrence. They traded a second and a third to get back up, higher up in the second. They believed he was the last double-digit pass rusher there. I think that's, you know, paid off. You know, he's definitely been, you know, a, a, a phenomenal defender for the Cowboys. He's he's actually been in good health, relatively speaking, you know, last year and stuff. But uh, now I'm concerned. Now I, I don't know that I'm concerned. Now I'm interested in what they're going to do at tight end. 
Dalton Schultz has moved on. And I honestly, I, we love Dalton Schultz. Great guy, phenomenal guy, you know, good tight end, phenomenal rapport with Dak. The two things that rubbed me the wrong way with him was that last drive against San Francisco. He doesn't fight forward to get the, the, um, the forward progress uh, to get out of bounds. He got knocked, um, excuse me, got knocked backwards. And also, he didn't get his second foot in down, so they would have a reasonable shot at the end zone. Now, do either one of those plays make a difference? Maybe not. Does both of them together bother me still? Absolutely. And I think the Cowboys, even though they have two younger tight ends who are decent or pretty good, and we like the toughness and physicality of them, I think Stephen Jones said the other day they're going to address tight end in this draft. Today we're talking about Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa. I love him. I think he reminds me of George Kittle. Uh, where where are you with, with uh, Sam Laporta? I like Sam Laporta a lot. Um, he is my 47th ranked overall player in this class. He is my fourth tight end in this class behind Darnell Washington, Michael Mayer, and Dalton Kincaid. Um, like I said, you just like, like Sam Laporta, I, I think – a lot of people see Iowa and think he's a dominant blocker, and and that's just one thing that he's not great at right now. But man, you you talk about that, you know, Dalton Schultz not fighting for those extra yardage. That's just something he's really good at. Um, I think that his blocking is better than this player, but I compared him coming out to Evan Ingram. Um, just his ability to be a, a threat as a receiver, I think, is tremendous right now. He's a guy that. You see him make, you know, good extension grabs over the middle of the field. You see him, you know, kind of dominate the seam, um, both seams up the middle of the field deep. Um, he's just a guy who is dangerous after the catch. I think that's one thing that that he really showed uh, at Iowa that he's going to be able to do in the NFL is after he catches the football, he's not just looking to go down. He's going to fight for extra yardage. Um, tested really well, good athlete. Um, he's, he's, you know, a little bit on the lighter end for your traditional tight end nowadays at 245. Um, but he's willing and he he likes to block, but he's just not great at it right now from a technical standpoint. Um, but I think he's a guy that you can play in line and not kill you, but you can flex him out wide in that slot um, role, and he can really be a mismatch for guys because you either got to put a linebacker on him at that point, which he's probably quicker in, more athletic than, and can uh, you know beat him with routes and can beat him with quickness, or you put a safety on him and he's a little bit bigger than that guy. Um, so I think he kind of fits in as your your mismatch player at tight end that you you know you don't want him lined up over defensive ends blocking him all that consistently. But I think in year one he's a guy that can be a, you know a really dangerous receiver for you, and I think he'll continue to develop as a blocker. He's got play strength, he's got the size, he's got the athleticism. He's just got to refine his technique a little bit, uh, get a little bit better with his hands and his leg drive through uh, you know through contact and at the point of attack. And I think he'll develop in that area. Um, but I think, like I said, in, in year one, bring him in, draft him, and, and I think he's going to be a quality receiver for you. Red zone threat and a guy who can make plays in the middle of the field, um, which is is something that we talked about CeeDee Lamb being able to do. You add another weapon in that middle of the field uh, and after the catch, and that just makes that offense more explosive and more dangerous. Dean, what do we got with Sam Laporta? Well, I, I, like, I, I like his style. Uh, he's smooth as butter. But I have a guy that um, – let me see. I, I saw him today going through my um, Tucker Craft. You know Tucker Craft? South. I, I love yep, tight South ends. Yeah, yeah. 
here's the the quiet ones always make it well in the NFL. Those quiet ones outside the the limelight, and they come in and they have long careers. Because tight end is a crazy thing. It's a home run strikeout thing. You look at the draft choices of tight ends over the years, especially if you're the tight end of the year, uh, um, uh, John Mackey Award winner. There's no guarantee that NFL you're going to make it. But I like him. I think he's he's a little he's a little thicker. He runs with a little lumber to him. Um, but I think he's I think he's a quite he's a sleeper in a draft. So here's the thing I with the Cowboys. Go ahead. I think he's gonna get drafted pretty high. Um yeah. he's like you said, like he's not really on a lot of people's radars right now, but I think he's got a chance to go top fifty. Wow. Yeah. You know, the Cowboys offense, again, switching to the West Coast, Andy Reid is so successful with his tight ends because they really he likes them to attack the seams. He feels like it's a little softer in the coverage area. And I think that's where Sam Laporta really would excel in this offense or Andy Reid style offense, but really West coast anywhere because he is. So if you watch him play his ability to get yards after catch to, to shrug off blockers or to break arm tackles at that next level. And then, you know, a nine yard gain becomes 18 yards. You know, his, a pass down the seam goes from 15, you know, to 31, you know, it's difficult to take him down. Uh, I'm a big fan. I don't think the Cowboys take a tight end. I would be surprised if the Cowboys take a tight end around one. I know a, a lot of guys who are in the mock draft world and connected and say the Cowboys are looking at Michael Mayer. And I've said before on Twitter, if there's a tight end who goes to the Cowboys, I don't think it's Don Kincaid. I think it's Michael Mayer around one. But mm. Cowboys usually don't draft tight ends first round. Now, you could say they've been spoiled with Jason Witten, but even before that, David LaFleur was the last first-round tight end in 1997, 98. Uh, you know, they they like to draft that second, third-round tight end, whether it's Martellus Bennett or whoever, you know, think of how many guys they've had uh, come through over the years. I do see them addressing it. I don't know. If, Mike, if Michael Mayer's a guy, he was a stud at Notre Dame, and this guy was playing since he was a freshman. He was beating out, like, NFL caliber you know, tight ends because he's legitimately that good. If you're asking me today who I would say as a pass catcher I'd want, it's Sam Laporta. I won't be upset if they get Mayer or Washington or Laporta. Dalton Kincaid scares me with a back injury. You know, you want to talk about, okay, well, these some of these guys maybe aren't the greatest blockers besides Washington. If you've got a back injury, I'm not putting you in a block on a defensive end, you know, and getting Dak getting killed. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, Dalton, Dalton Kincaid, I, I put it in my, you know, in, in his report, like, you take the back injury out for Dalton Kincaid, he's probably tight end one rather easily That's because right. of just his, his ability to make an impact in the passing game. Um, but with that back injury, just you never know. You know, obviously we're not getting the medical information, so it's tough to really – I dinged him quite a bit for the – you know, he didn't test at all. He's, he's got, you know, what they're saying is a, a back issue. So – for me, who somebody's not going to get that medical information, you know, I got to push them down a little bit because I don't know if that's going to be cleared. I don't know if it's going to be an issue, whatever that is. Um, so he he pushed down a little bit, but I think that if he was healthy, he'd be right in that contention for that tight end one spot. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Sam Laporta. Like I said, I think he's he's a tough dude. He he battles back from you know being dinged up. Um, people rave about him as far as his character and his his work ethic and his preparation. So I think that that. Sam Laporte in the second round is is a great value for you and it fills a position of need and it allows you to kind of go in a different direction for you in round one. Guys, I want to ask you one thing. What is a realistic pick at 
pick 26. They say the Cowboys stick and pick. What's one player who you're like, I do not want that dude. I do not want him. That's not the guy I want them to take. Now, I'm not talking about quarterbacks. They're not drafting a quarterback, so obviously that's silly. They're not drafting a fullback, right? What's a realistic, quote-unquote, pick at 26? You're like, no, please not that guy. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers for me. Really? Zay Flowers. Quentin Johnson for me. Quentin Johnson. Okay. Interesting. Tell me, explain. Start with Zay Flowers. Why not Zay Flowers? He's a little scat back at a receiver. That's what he's a little scat back. He's not a gamer. High is a gamer. He he can break it. You got him, you give him the ball, he's gonna break it. Flowers is a little a little scat back over the middle. He let the Giants pick him. Okay. And the Giants pick him. Tell me about uh, Quentin Johnson. Why are you saying, okay, that's not the guy I want in Dallas? Um, Even though you I mean, said earlier he could fit positionally. Outside of him fitting your X receiver kind of – I say I call it a hole, but your, your void there at X receiver, it's just he, he didn't test as well as we thought he was going to test. You know, at TCU, we, we see the Big 12 receivers just not really translate um, as well as some of these other conferences. So you, you come in. Um, you know, you, you see a guy who didn't run as well as we thought he was going to run. He didn't really measure in as big as we thought he was going to be. He has some drop issues on tape. Um, he's explosive after the catch, which I think provides value. But just I don't see a guy who, you know, a lot of people, you see people on Twitter be like, well, did you see the Michigan game where he put up all these yards? And, like, he got all those yards on a, a lot of, you know, one one or two plays where he was able to catch the ball you know, wide open in space, break a couple tackles after the catch, and then he was off to the races. But when you just see him play the nuanced, you know, plays of a receiver, it's not really all there. He's not a great route runner. He didn't test the athlete we thought he was going to test. Um, I think he is a, you know, version of what we talked about with Jalen Hyatt, where you're like, hey, let's get him the ball in space. Let's throw him screens. Let's hope he can break some tackles. Um, and then let's run him in straight lines and hope he can be more physical than other guys. But that's just – Outside of his size, he doesn't really have that just absolute dominant physicality that you talked about earlier with the guy like Des Bryant. Like he, he had a very low win percentage in contested catch situations, and he's a contested catch receiver. So I think that that kind of scares me off a little bit. But I mean, I wouldn't absolutely just hate it, but I would just go, man, I don't, I don't know if that's going to work out the way that that some people and they think it is. Yeah, I I watched TCU this year more than just like the you know the the last few games, but I was never really blown away with him as a prospect. You know, I I expected right. him to be someone in the. It felt like his 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 game was a quiet game, even though he was obviously a good receiver collegially. I just was never blown away watching them game after game after game, and uh, yeah, I think I could hold that. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say someone who I think will go higher, but I don't think will really land in Dallas. But uh, uh, Darnell Wright, I'm definitely low on tackle from Tennessee. You know, he's 6'5". He's over 330. Number one, he looks a little sloppy to me personally. I see a lot of reps that just seem lazy. You know, the footwork is is not great. He's only got nine-inch hands. I'm, you know, that's small for a guy that size. I mean, you know, I'm six two. I've got bigger than nine inch hands. You know, what I mean, that's he's a massive individual, but he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't have the biggest measurables. And I just don't. I see him, and I, I also have a red flag. He was, you know, 
tweeting at guys, you know, messaging people on on Twitter who are calling him a right tackle, cursing them out because he didn't want to f you. I'm not a right tackle. Like, oh, okay, um, that doesn't sit well with me because, like, heaven forbid, this guy ends up with the Jets and the New York media. They'll cook him. He will be, you know, in the Dallas media, you know, which I think is more pro Dallas than anything. You know, it's still a spotlight, and if you have a bad game, they're gonna burn you. So it doesn't matter what position you play; they'll they'll cook you alive. So I, I'm I don't again I don't think he will. I actually think he's gonna go higher than that. I think other people like him. That's the guy to me that I'm like, yeah, I don't want to touch. I don't want to touch Darnell Wright with a ten foot pole in the draft. Like someone get him off the board before Dallas, so they're not like this is a good value pick. Like no, thank you. I thought he was sloppy where he played. I thought he. He he was be- he back up and lean over and and just grab people and it, it didn't seem like there were you know size will speak well in college Sp- size don't speak well in the pros unless you know what you're doing and I don't know I don't I didn't see he knew what he was doing compared to my guy in Georgia I have to fight y'all on that I'm a, I'm a big Darnell Wright fan <laughs> go ahead go ahead go ahead let's see let's see what happens. I mean, I, I think I think what you guys said from his left tackle tape is true. Like, like he didn't play as well on the left side as he did the right side. But man, I, I think you, you know, he's got some things to clean up. But I think man, he's got the length, he's got the size, he's got the the build, he's got the mentality, he's got he's got all the the thing. I think he checks most of the boxes for me. And and a lot of these like Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, like other than Peter Skaronsky, a lot of these guys have technical things that they kind of need to clean up on. Um, I think Peter Skronsky, his biggest knock is he doesn't have great length and he, you know, he that showed on tape at times. But Broderick Jones, I, that's a guy that, you know, I, I I love a lot, but I think that you can look at him and go, hey, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's got a lot of things he's got to got to kind of clean up to reach his ceiling. You know, I think year one for him could be a bit rocky. Paris Johnson's the same way. You know, the, the tools are there, but man, you turn on his tape and you see a lot of reps where he's struggling with his weight distribution and really struggling to kind of get that length out of him. Um, but but I think Darnell Wright is is a plug and play right tackle who could also play you know reduce down inside play guard probably be a, a really good guard as well. So um, like a lot of these guys other than Skronsky just have some holes in their game that they got to clean up if they're going to kind of reach their ceilings. Um, where Skronsky I think is you just you move him down inside and a lot of his limitations kind of go away. Um, but I, I like I said I, I like Darnell Wright he'd be a, he'd be a fun pick for me at twenty six for sure. I think Skronsky goes, you know, in that top 10. I think he goes to the Bears, who I think we could use him at right tackler. Uh, I don't see Skronsky making it past the Eagles at 10. I know people love talking about Bijan there, but I think that's a Howie Roseman pick. Like right now, plug him in, you know, as a future right tackle when Lane Johnson retires. But I could also see Darnell, also see them picking Darnell Wright. You say, okay, maybe he won't play today for the Eagles, but Lane Johnson's going to retire in a year or two. That's yeah, the- let him pick him. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, pick right. Yeah, this is someone I want to definitely track with you guys over the next. Darnell Wright, I want to track with you over the next year, see how he develops. You know, because interesting having a little difference of opinion. I lo- I like it because it you know helps you become better at you know talent evaluation. Speaking of talent evaluation, Connor, just within the last like hour or two, you just rolled out your 2023 2023 NFL draft guide, which we will be Venmoing you immediately after this to buy the draft guide. And yeah, it's listen. We've got a 225-player big board, 120 detailed reports, you know, p- top 10 positional rankings, top 10 sleepers, a, a first-round mock draft. This thing is worth every penny. It's only $7. Tell me what else we got in here, Connor. Like, you know, 
put tell us how we can pay for it. Tell us all about it. We want to know. We want to put it out to people. The easiest thing to do is go to my Twitter account at Connor NFL Draft, C-O-N-N-O-R NFL Draft. And it's pinned to the top of my profile, kind of breaks it down for you. But um it's gonna have all the athletic testing in here. Um that's you know one of the most important things with these guys is, is really getting an idea of what kind of athletes they are, what kind of athletes they can be. Um, we got you mentioned it earlier, but all the relative athletic scores are, are in here as well for each player. Um, it's got all their combine data or their pro day data. Um, you know the way that that my buddy Math Bomb does his relative athletic scores is he puts you know whatever their top score was, whether it's at the combine or pro day, he puts that in their score um, as long as it's official. So I went ahead and did the official scores um, with him on here. It's got all the positional rankings. Like I said, it gives a pros. I give pro, you know, multiple pros, multiple cons for each guy. I give their size, their length, their hand size, all their athletic testing. I do, I put in here all the games that I watched. Um, and I think that's important because some of these games you'll see a guy not show some of the traits and other traits. And I've had people before be like, well, what are you watching? Like, what did you see? And I'm like, well, turn on this tape. And it's a little bit different from that tape. Um, so if people ever have an issue with maybe what I'm saying, maybe you can turn on that game and maybe it's a game that you don't have or didn't get to watch and you turn that on and you go, okay, I kind of see what he's thinking now. Um, but I did do pro comps this year for probably half the guys. And then I kind of just gave like a bottom line, um, like a bottom line thought process on what those players can be um, for some of the guys as well. So like I said, it's a lot of, a lot of time goes into this thing and I probably spend – I don't know, three, 400 hours, 500 hours putting this bad boy together. I mean, six, seven, eight hours a day for a long time. So that Connor, you have kids? You I have don't. Kids? I don't. That's all I have to have That's time. okay. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because if I did, uh, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. not be doing this. I promise you that. So we're, we're, uh, we're going to keep doing this bad boy until something else takes that time away from me. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of work. I'm excited when it goes out because – it, it frees up a lot of my free time throughout the week and in and evenings and nights. So um, I hope every, everybody enjoys it. Um, yeah. Like I said, go to, go to the Twitter account and it's pinned at the top. Uh, you can Venmo me, you can cash at me, you can PayPal me $7. Um, actually I had to, I had to get my brother to help me some this year. Cause I went a little bit more in depth this year than last year. So he helped me put some of the, uh, he helped me put some of the uh, profile layout and um, platforms together. So I'm going to pay him a little bit too. So I had to bump it up from five to seven to, to, to pay him this year. If you're listening or watching, this yeah. is one of the best draft tools to have because you're really not going to miss a player. You're going to see your guy drafted. Uh, your team's going to draft your guy in the fifth round and you're going to be like, what is that? And some of the other big guys don't have everything here. And you're going to get an in-depth breakdown of your player. Go ahead, D. Go ahead. So, Connor, you got to understand, if we have four – I have four sons. Paul's number two. When it came around – when these guys were eight, nine, ten years old, I would have all the magazines, Sporting News, yeah. Sports Illustrated, all of them, all over the place. My wife would make us sandwiches and, 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 <laughs> and soups and everything and chips and dip all day long because I missed the one-day draft when it was all day – Saturday, this Thursday, Friday irritates me to no end. I want it all day, two days. That's how I, 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 that's what I miss. I know they have to make the money, the whole thing. That's the way it goes. But that Saturday at 12 o'clock, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was a good time growing up. Even as I was in high school, we had track meets 
you know, I graduated 06. We'd still have a radio playing. You know, we have usually would have a big track meet on Saturday, that draft Saturday, and someone would just have a radio playing. And I remember listening for like what seemed like three hours for a first round to just to get them to Eli Manning to trade with Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. So it, it you know, this I think your draft guide makes it fun for me, fun for us. We watch together. Um, anyone out there, I would highly suggest if you're at all following the draft or want to see who the Cowboys are picking and what their their potential looks like. I mean, right now, just as your uh, as your your preview, you have Zay Flowers, Kalaja Kansi, and Steve Avila. You know, all potential Cowboys picks in that first second round range, just up and. Just it's phenomenal. Listen, it's coordinated to the the player and their college and their colors. It's it's the best. So um, definitely want to put that out there again. Please, definitely worth uh, checking out, guys. One last thing before we go, Cowboys stick at twenty six. Who are they taking, Connor? Who are they taking at twenty six? I gotta I gotta go with with what I. This is what I want or what I feel like is going to happen. Okay, give me both. Give me what do you want and then what do you feel like will happen? Um, what I feel like will happen, and I'll just read off my my mock draft in the, the draft guide, is I got them taking uh, Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, 26 overall. Um, I think that – I think between Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid, I think they probably will value Dalton Kincaid a little bit more. Um as we talked about the West Coast offense, you know, I think they're going to value kind of exploiting the seams, getting down the field a little more vertically. Um, and I think that he can do that a, a little bit better than a guy like Michael Mary. He's a little bit better athlete, uh, better pass catcher, better ball skills. Um, but I think that if Dalton Kincaid's gone, I'll give you that too. I think if Dalton Kincaid goes to Green Bay or St. Uh, excuse me, the, the Chargers um, there in front of, Dallas, I think that they would pivot and then go Michael Mayer. So I think I think they are heavily targeting tight end in the first round. I know that's not like we said something that they usually do. Um, for me, if I had to take a pick, and it, it's funny because normally I have a guy that I'm like, this has to be the guy. It has to be the guy. This is who I want. Um, I I really don't have that guy this year. It, truly, like if Broderick Jones somehow falls to me at 26, make him the pick. Um, I, I'd be shocked if he's there. But at the same time. Um, it, you know, you look at some of these simulators and PFF, I know has him graded a little bit later than I do. Some of these guys, um, do so. So if Broderick Jones is, is the pick at 26, that's probably my, I'm extremely happy and, and, and can't really get much better than that. Um, and again, like, I don't even know if he can play left guard for you, but I think that he's just going to be a, I compared him to Andrew Thomas, the Giants left tackle that. People took him. He wasn't great in year one. He needed that first year to really develop, but now he's one of the best left tackles in the game. And I think that, that that's similar. That's a similar style uh, trajectory for uh, Broderick Jones. See, where do you think the Cowboys are go? What do you want the Cowboys to do? I think they're going to go with the TCU guard. I think the Florida guard's going to be gone. I think he's a little more physical. One of those two guards are going to be plugged in at a left guard guard. That's what it is. I hope they trade out of 26 and get more picks for next year. I want something for next year. That's my really – I love when they go in and get something for next year, if that's possible. Yeah, if you can trade out of one and go, okay, I'll go back in the second round, but you got to throw me a second rounder next year. You know, I'll drop to the 10th pick in the second round, but right. you got to throw me that second round pick. Then I really won't have a 
a problem if you say, okay, I'll take Steve Avila round two, pick eight, nine, 10, and then throw me a second rounder next year too. Okay. That's some, that's really good value for the pick. Cause what I you- think that, that when you draft like that with successes, you can still build on next year. Cause they got those two or three fifth rounders from last year. Right. And, and mm-hmm. that turned into Brandon cooks and Stefan Gilmore. So yeah. I'll take it. And I think that's what Howie Roseman has done with the Eagles. So wouldn't be surprised the Eagles at 10 trade back and try and continue that next year. You know, if the Eagles trade from 10 to 19, they could get a first rounder next year and have two first round picks next year. And, you know, if someone wants to move up for a quarterback, you know, they'll have two first round picks last year, two first round picks this year, two first round picks next year. The Cowboys can start to stack like that. Then you're adding depth of talent. That's, uh, and then you'll always have the ability to move up for that elite talent if you need to. Like, like it, I don't know that there's an elite player in this draft that I think I would be willing to, if even if I was top 10, unless it's a, I don't even think of the quarterbacks necessarily. You're like, that's the guy I have to mortgage it all for. There's a Peyton Manning type guy, or there's an Aaron Donald type guy that you're like, that's the guy I have to trade up for. But if you do have the draft capital, well, then you can move up for it. But what do I think they do? I think they take Michael Mayer. I really do think they take him um, right there at 26. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think last year as we got towards the draft, they started to signal that their Tyler Smith was their guy. And we kind of could tell. They're like, well, okay, this they're looking at the tight ends. I don't know that they will do it, but I think, okay, if you're if – you're, I don't want to say put a gun to my head. If you force me to pick, I think they will go with Michael Mayer. What do I want? I want Bijan to fall to 26. Now – I know a five-year contract, he'll thirty million guaranteed for him, thirty million, you know, in that slotted position, which is like a top ten running back contract. But I think you need to start to cycle out some of these running backs. I think you, Zeke's gone. Take Bijan, put him in with Pollard next year. Let Pollard walk. Draft another running back in that second, third, fourth round. And kind of restock that way, rather than sign these guys to big contracts. Zeke burned the. It's not Zeke's fault. He burned the Cowboys. There's no more tread left on the tire. You know, the Cowboys should have either done the contract earlier or drafted someone and moved on. Um, but it, I, I say, listen, dra- I'm hoping Bijan drafted drops to 26, and you let him and Pollard battle it out for carries and embarrassment of riches. So. That's it. Connor, we want to say thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time, your talent, your abilities. We're big fans, and we hope we can do this again next year. And uh, go Cowboys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Awesome. All right, God bless. D, have a great rest of your night. Uh, By the way, we just – Connor, I don't know if you know this. I have one son. Just found out we're expecting another baby. So there you we go. Did, Congratulations. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just we did the blood work today to find out it's a boy or girl. So within a couple of days, D, we'll let you know we got a boy or girl. All right. Because my prediction, kind of make a prediction. You make a prediction. What's it going to be, a boy or a girl? You go for it. I'm going to say a boy. Let's go. All right. <laughs> I think it's a boy, too. I D, think it's a girl. Think? It's going to be a girl. I think it's a boy. It's going to be monk three. Monk three. It's a boy. Anyway, listen, guys. Let's go, Cowboys. Have a great rest of your night. We will talk to you. Take care. Thank you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.